Welcome to Anchor Point, where we believe that the next 30 minutes could change your life forever. So join us to consider the greatest message ever heard, the good news of the gospel, as well as sound scriptural teaching for believers, all based on the Word of God, the anchor for our souls. There are many places in this world of ours that have tremendous historical significance, places that have changed the course of world history in one way or another. But, without doubt, the most monumental location affecting every human being who has ever lived and who ever will live is the place called Calvary. It was the place where heaven's love and heaven's justice met. What an individual does with this place will determine the greatest matter in the universe, the salvation of the soul. The Bible describes for us in great detail how the Son of God, who was the Son of Man, voluntarily journeyed to that place to lay down his life for sinners. In today's broadcast, Speaker Frank Sona takes a careful look at what happened there at Calvary 2,000 years ago. So, if you've never been to Calvary, we trust that today you will find yourself at the foot of the cross with a full understanding of the great transaction that took place there. For you. Luke 23 and verse 33. When they were come to the place called Calvary, there they crucified him. While we can't visit it per se, yet we can turn in these verses and these pages to that place, the place called Calvary. National Geographic in their issues, they give the 50 best places in the world to visit. The list changes from time to time, obviously. In recent days, the list, well, it goes from A to Z, and it has such places as Amsterdam, and it ends with Zimbabwe. Victoria Falls and different places are seen in these 50 best places to visit. They are graded or scored or cataloged by their historical content, their importance, their dazzling aspect to the eyes, all different aspects of what they are graded on. I assure you that this place is not, not in that list. And yet, sadly, it is the most important place for a person to visit. But not many people get there. Not many people go there. I want to bring you there tonight by the eye of faith. I want to lift this verse out of the pages of our Bible. I want to go to this place called Calvary. I want you to Look at the sights and the sounds. I don't want you to miss, though, the most important thing, and that's the man on the middle tree. I don't want you to misunderstand why he is there, what he is doing. How has this happened? I want to be very clear tonight that according to the Word of God, this place and what is happening here is not a random act of misfortune. It was not plan B in God's purposes. It was not a roll of the dice. It was purposed, it was planned before this world that we stand on was ever brought into existence. More than that, it is the only place and it has the only person that can affect your destiny forever. You can visit a lot of places. You might have a lot of memories. But I assure you that when it comes to the natural, every single one of those memories will fade away. 
with the passage of time. But you visit this place, and you come to know Him, and why He has died there, and you understand that what He was doing was not merely a global or religious thing. It was a personal thing. It was something, I can tell you tonight, He died for me. He went there for me. I will have eternal memories of the reality of first coming to understand why he did what he did. What Calvary was all about. I want you to think about this place. I want you to notice that when it comes to this place, it really is a place that stands between two times. It occurred approximately 33 AD. We know that. 33, 37. The year is not exactly important, but the time approximately in that time frame. And yet when it comes to this, it is between two times. B.C. and A.D. We have the advent of Christ coming in. We have His steps among men. We have His life. That's important. But while we divide time by B.C. and A.D. and the entrance of the Lord Jesus' birth, yet really, the two times are further divided and finally divided by this cross, this place. His birth divided time. His cross divided eternity. It is between two times. It's between two worlds, too. Never has a place had so much impact. There are places tonight, the United Nations. There are places that are in this world that we can go to that have tremendous impact. You can go to the G20 summit, and that has an impact. And you can go to other places. But never has a place had the impact that this place has. Calvary. Only mentioned one time in our Bibles, that word, Calvary. It actually means the place of the skull. And yet the Word of God calls it and labels it in other ways. It refers to as Golgotha. We sang about that. Referred to as the cross, the tree. What happened? Where it happened? Why it happened? Have you ever really come to this place and seen what he is doing? Why he is doing it? What is Calvary all about? Why did... Can I ask you a very simple question? Why did Jesus die? It is the mistrial of history. It never should have and would have happened. Had it not been, then God drove it to happen and planned it to happen. Why? Because it divides two worlds. Souls are in the balance. Your soul tonight, we want to be very clear with you. And we want to be very kind with you. Your soul is in the balance tonight. And while you may not realize it, I hope and pray that before this meeting is over, you will come to understand this. That if you are ever going to be in heaven, you must have your sins forgiven. That there's not one sin that can get to heaven, that can come into the presence of God, let alone a lifetime of sins. And there is no church that can forgive them. There is no ritual that can wash them away. There is no human creation that can cleanse one single sin. It took the Son of God to come to die, and His precious blood was shed at that cross. Where? At Calvary. Why? Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for sinners. I want you to think about this place and this place afar. The place afar. When we come to the first pages of our Bible, there's the prophecy of it. If you go back to the beginning of the book of Genesis, you remember that Adam and Eve were created and they sinned. And through what is called the fall of man, man was cut off from God. No, we are not born with a relationship with God. Don't think that. No one is born with a relationship with God, and somehow as life progresses, you mess up and you do something, and that relationship is severed. No, that's not what happens. 
You and I came into this world sinners, born in sin, practicing sin. And sometime, the importance is this, sometime between that moment when you are launched into this world and you die and leave this world, if there is not a time in your life when you are born again, saved, forgiven, you will not be in heaven. It's not by process of osmosis. It doesn't just happen. You don't grow into it. It's not a courtship. It's a moment of time that happens in a person's life when they come to understand, I am lost. I am in my sins. I am separated from God. And if I die the way I am, I will be in hell. And you come to realize this. Well, that's exactly why Jesus died. That's exactly why he suffered. That's what the place called Calvary is all about. And God pointed to that right at the very beginning of our Bibles. There is hardly a few chapters in, and the fall of man occurs, and man is separated from God. And God himself speaks that wonderful prophecy concerning the place that's afar off, concerning what would happen afar off, the prophecy afar off. What did he say? He's speaking to the devil, speaking to the serpent. And he says this, You will bruise his heel. Yeah, you'll do that. But he will crush your head. And that first prophecy of the place afar off, I marvel at this and I rejoice at this, was not given to an angel to pronounce. And it wasn't given to a prophet to proclaim. And it wasn't given to a priest to say. No, the first prophecy, the first promise of that coming Savior and that place where God's own Son would be given to die so that you could be brought back and your sins could be forgiven was uttered and spoken by none other than God himself. You know why? Because it's his desire. It's his desire. Remember, Calvary would never have happened. We would never read about it in the light that we do had not God's heart purposed it for you to be brought to that place to see why Jesus died. Well, you see that afar off, the first prophecy of it. But there's another thing. I want you to think about the place afar off in picture as well. Because there's a man, and again, it's in this first book of the Bible, Genesis. His name is Abraham, the father of the faithful. And he's walking with his son, Isaac, and they're going up a mountain. What's happening? The boy has fire in his hand, and there's a knife and so on, and he's looking, and he's talking with his father. And as they're walking up this mountain, here's the picture. That son is going to be laid on that altar. That son is going to be sacrificed. And in the beating of Isaac's heart, is mirrored a thousandfold. The beating of the Father's heart as he is looking at the picture of what he will do. You see, Calvary, this place, while it was a place of Roman injustice this day, not justice, injustice, the Lord Jesus, humanly speaking, never deserved to be there. Innocent of all charges. A kangaroo court established. But while it was a place of Roman injustice that day, it was a place of the greatest love that's ever been displayed that day. Because that was the day in which God gave his own son to the cross. So that you, my dear friend, could be forgiven. Could find the reason of how you could know your sins could be cleansed. That's the place afar off. You know what the sad reality is? That was then in Genesis. The sad reality is today, and to many, it's still a place that's afar off. And people don't realize the poignancy of the picture, the point of the prophecy. They, they don't clue in. They just group it in with religious 
articles. They'll categorize it with this baggage and that baggage. They'll group it in with a baptism. They'll group it in with a church membership. They'll group it in with hope, doing the best they can. And what they don't understand is this. That one single place and person and event towers uniquely alone. The Lord Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Not me plus this, me plus that. It's me alone. No wonder they call him Savior. No wonder he is the Savior. No wonder we are directed to this place right from the beginning of our Bibles. And you know what? I'll let you in on a little secret. We're brought to this place right at the end of our Bibles too. Because we're told that when John sees him in the book of Revelation, he looks upon one as a lamb freshly slain, bearing the marks of that great sacrifice that took place where? In the manger? No. On the Jordan? No. At Calvary, where he died. The answer to the forgiveness of sins is not in his birth. As important as that was, I do not minimize the virgin birth. It is an essential doctrine of the Bible. It was necessary. And I do not minimize his life. It was perfect. It was wondrous. It was fragrant. But neither his birth nor his life could save a person. He would have to die. He would have to die. Do you know the entrance of the Lord Jesus into that city, what is called the triumphal entry, was prophesied just days before he would die. So closely associated to that moment when he would die. The moment of it. In fact, Paul, the Apostle Paul writes it this way in Galatians. When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son. The fullness of time, every aspect of this life, uniquely moving on a timetable, because he's the unique Son. The manner of it. We read about how he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. They pierced my hands and my feet. We are left without a doubt as to how he is going to die. The manner of his death, hundreds of years before crucifixion, was ever in vogue. A Hebrew prophet writes about a Roman way of death that had not come into being yet. They pierced my hands and my feet. But there was going to be more. Because that same man would write concerning the Lord Jesus, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? My friend, I just want you to understand this. What he was doing there was to pay for your sins. You could never pay for your sins. Never. And individuals, sad to say, they're already there. Listen, they're already there in hell. They died in their sins. They died without Christ. Some were religious. Some were at the top of their classes. There were political figures. There were philosophical figures. There were philanthropists. And yes, there were the down and outers. There were the murderers. There were the drunkards. All grouped together. And you know what the Bible says? There is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And every one of these individuals died without Christ. You know what the Bible says? He offered one sacrifice forever. And if you were to take him as your Savior, if you were to receive him, the very manner in which he died, the very truth behind that death, would be enough to save your soul. He's the only one who could pay for sins. Sinners will suffer for their sins if they die without Christ but you'll never pay for them. He's the only one, and he made that payment at Calvary. He said, it's finished. The meaning of that death? Christ died, we've already said it, for the ungodly. Christ died for sinners. Christ died for us. Paul says, the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's the meaning behind it. Sad to say, there are people that do not understand. You ask people, I can tell you tonight, I know I'm going to heaven. 
That's why I'm having these meetings. That's why the Christians want to have these meetings, because they want you to find out the same thing. We don't want to keep this a secret. God doesn't want to keep it a secret. He wants people, souls, who are eternal. It is staggering that I am looking at people and you will never have an ending. You will never cease to be. You will be forever. And it is in light of that eternity to come, in one of two places. And if you keep going the way you are without Christ, if I'm speaking to someone in this meeting and you've never been born again, you are moving on the way to hell. And you will be there forever. And you can't change it. You can't stop it. Once you die, the Bible says this, it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. And God is moving, extending himself to you, speaking to you tonight, to tell you this, I gave my son, Calvary happened, so that you could be saved. He wants you to be saved, doesn't want you to be lost. And yet, there are people tonight, and you ask them, are you saved? Even, even people that have read their Bibles, they'll tell you, well, I, I don't know. Are you going to heaven? Well, I hope so. I can tell you tonight, I know I'm going to heaven. You know how? Because of what he did. He finished the work. He carried it out. He was put to death. He was the sent one. He's the risen one. He's the promised one. He's the one that God gives us on the pages of his word that cannot be broken. And God that cannot lie promises you eternal life if you will trust him. How can you know? By taking God at his word. How can you be sure? By believing God. It is the greatest thing that a person can do. Believe God. Because you give God credit for being God. The appointed place, the attended place. I want you to think of this as I end. It was a place that was attended. Attended by all different people. There were the unaffected. Some moved through that crowd. They were unaffected, unmoved. For some, it was business as usual. There were the unaffected. Sad, there are people today that can think about it, look at it, read about it, and they are unaffected. Maybe there's someone like that in this meeting tonight. I hope not. And you think about what happened. The sufferings of the Son of God and your sins, and it doesn't move you. The unaffected. Then there are the affected, those who realize, he did that for me. I deserve that. I deserve to suffer that. I deserve to be forsaken. He stepped into my shoes, as it were. He stepped into my place. Calvary, in a real way, can I say it this way reverently, should have been my place. Not just for hours, but for eternity. I would have been the one, had not he died in my place. Does not that move you? Doesn't it affect you? Do you not want to just thank him? I do it when I'm preaching, even. I thank him for dying for me. If it wasn't for him, I could very well have been in hell right now. And I would have deserved it. I'm going to heaven because he died for me. And that is the only reason. That's what the place called Calvary is all about. The affected. There are some that are simply corrected. You remember there were two thieves, and the one thief said to the other, he just corrected him. And that's all this man took from that conversation. Didn't go any further. I hope and pray that it will be more than just a correction. But you'll know the greatest protection. The greatest safety. Salvation itself from the Lord Jesus himself, the Son of God. If he saves you, there's nothing that can touch you. There's nothing. What shall separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus? Neither life nor death nor anything. No one is able to pluck us out of his hand. No one. 
No sin is able to rise against the child of God that has Christ as a Savior. You know why? There is now, therefore, no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. I've got a Savior tonight. Sin, Satan, condemnation, can't touch me. You say, don't you sin? Yeah, I do. Say, are you perfect? You hang with me for an hour, you will find out that that is not true. But I tell you what, I am saved. I am forgiven by the precious blood of Christ. And nothing can touch me. There is now, therefore, no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Yes, the work at Calvary was sufficient to put away the sins of the whole world. Unfortunately, that doesn't mean that all will be saved. Only those who have acknowledged their need of a Savior, have repented of their sins, and trusted the work of Christ, can boldly claim that their home in heaven is secure. That's right, my friend. Christ's work on the cross is your only way to eternal security. So, what about it? Do you know Christ as your Savior? Are you sure of where you will be throughout eternity? As Mr. Sona has been emphasizing, good works cannot save you. There is nothing you can do to save yourself. It's by trusting in the person and work of Christ alone at Calvary that the soul is saved from hell and saved for heaven. Look to the cross of Calvary today, won't you? If this or any of our Bible messages here at Anchor Point has made you aware of God's interest in you, or if you'd like some literature or a visit that would help you understand these important truths, why don't you drop us a line at anchorpointradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We're glad you were able to join us at Anchor Point today. Anchor Point is sponsored by Believers in Christ who are meeting at various gospel halls. Each of these Christian assemblies holds gospel services every Sunday, as well as other meetings such as regular prayer and Bible studies throughout the week. If you've been challenged by today's message and would like to know more about the truth of the gospel or of gathering unto the name of the Lord Jesus Christ following New Testament principles, take a look at our Anchor Point website at anchorpointradio.com. There you will find more information as well as the location, programs, and meeting schedules for the gathering center nearest you. My name is Glenn Todd. Thank you once again for listening. And we invite you to join us again next week at the same time for Anchor Point, where we believe that Christ alone is the anchor for the soul.